Hey, public health people. Welcome to the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Domicella Grace Calhoun, MPH, and this week I'm summarizing the April 16th, 2021 CDC Weekly Report. Let's get started. Article 1, State-Level Economic Costs of Opioid Use Disorders and Overdoses in 2017. Background on this, in 2017, 2 million people met the diagnostic criteria for an opioid use disorder. In that same year, approximately 47,000 Americans died from an opioid-involved overdose. 47,000? That's more than double the numbers that we saw in opioid overdoses for the year 2000. The national-level cost of the U.S. opioid epidemic was $1,021 billion in 2017. But the CDC wanted to know about the state breakdown. So they used national-level cost estimates, along with opioid case numbers from the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, to estimate the state-level economic cost of opioid use disorder and fatal opioid overdoses during the year of 2017. They looked at data from 38 states, including Washington, D.C., all of which require that death certificates name a specific drug. They calculated the cost per case of opioid use disorder by dividing the total U.S. cost of opioid use disorders during 2017 by the number of opioid use disorder cases that same year. So it was 471 million divided by 2.129 million. And then they calculated the state-level cost of opioid use disorder by taking that baseline cost per case of opioid use disorder in the United States and then multiplying it by the number of cases of opioid use disorder in each state. And they calculated fatal opioid overdoses the same way. So overall, the researchers found that the combined costs of opioid use disorder and fatal opioid overdose varied substantially, ranging from $985 million in Wyoming to $72,583,000,000 in Ohio. Per capita costs also varied considerably, ranging from $1,204 per person in Hawaii to $72,247 in West Virginia. So the public health implication here is that federal and state public health agencies can use this economic cost data, which we now have at a state and even per person level, to help guide opioid prevention and resource allocation. Next article, pandemic-related changes in emergency department or ED visits. So to assess changes in ED visits before versus during the pandemic, researchers looked at hospital data from the pandemic months of December 2020 and January of 2021 compared to the pre-pandemic months of December 2019 and January of 2020. And they found that during the pandemic months of December 2020 and January of 2021, emergency department visits were 25% lower than in the previous year. Another thing about ED visits that changed during the pandemic was the reason for the visit. During December of 2020 and January of 2021, there were more emergency department visits for infectious disease concerns, like, you know, COVID, or mental and behavioral health-related concerns. Whereas there were fewer visits for things like gastrointestinal health and upper respiratory illnesses, such as pneumonia, flu, and bronchitis. Next up, we're looking at COVID testing in a Salt Lake City school district. So in this article, the researchers assessed 594 students from 30 different elementary schools who were exposed to COVID-19 and then offered free PCR testing. The researchers wanted to understand what factors were associated with the participation in the school's testing efforts. 
So first off, 74% of the exposed students did participate in the RT-PCR testing. And compared with non-Hispanic white students, COVID testing participation was higher in Hispanic Latino white students. Testing was also higher amongst other racial minority students. Then compared with students living in zip codes with lower COVID incidents, students who lived in higher COVID incident zip codes had higher participation in COVID testing. A couple of takeaways here, the 74% participation rate here was really good, but it could be inflated because all of the students had known COVID exposures. They might not have been as willing to get tested if they weren't already exposed. Also, on-site testing is a great idea, but it shouldn't just be in response to COVID exposures. Public health is about being proactive, not reactive. To keep students and teachers safe, schools need to be able to test students daily or at least a few times a week with ideally rapid molecular testing, like rapid PCR testing. In the next article, we're talking about racial and ethnic disparity trends in COVID-19 hospitalizations broken down by U.S. Census region between the months of March and December of 2020. I know I've said this probably once a week, but for the people in the back, COVID-19 has placed a disproportionate burden of infection, hospitalization, and death on racial and ethnic minority groups. So in this study, researchers looked at administrative data for 3.7 million hospital discharges and 300,000 hospitalized patients, and they assessed four monthly trends in hospitalized minority COVID-19 patients. And so what they did is they calculated the proportion of hospitalizations of minority groups compared to white people across regions. And in all of the four U.S. census regions, so the Northeast, the Midwest, the South, and then just the West, the proportion of hospitalized COVID-19 patients was highest for Hispanic or Latino patients everywhere in the United States across time. Also, racial and ethnic disparities in COVID hospitalizations were largest during the months of April through July of 2020. And remember, COVID was only declared a national emergency in March. So the disparities did get smaller as the pandemic persisted and more white people started becoming hospitalized, but still the disparities remained throughout the entire study period. And this finding is something we've seen before. It is possibly reflective of the higher proportions of minority populations working in essential work settings. And as we know, these settings are higher exposure compared to remote work settings. The implication here is that it's so important for local public health professionals to engage with communities facing health disparities, assess their needs, and assist them. We should be asking minority communities what they need to be safe and informed during this pandemic and working with them to determine how we can make that happen. And the last article for this week is sort of a blend of what we've been discussing. So here we're looking at data on emergency department or ED visits broken down by race and ethnicity. But in this article, we're looking specifically at COVID-19 emergency department visits. The researchers were essentially trying to understand the racial and ethnic differences in ED visitations, which isn't well understood. And they looked at 282,000 emergency department visits during October through December of 2020. And they saw racial and ethnic disparities in COVID-19 ED visits for Hispanics, Alaska Native American Indians, and Black people compared to white people overall, meaning that these minority groups had significantly more COVID-19 emergency department visits. 
This finding highlights the need to focus on minority communities for COVID prevention and mitigation efforts, things like health communication campaigns, vaccination campaigns, and financial resources to aid prevention. That wraps up this week's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Recap Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please follow the podcast Instagram at MMW Recap for more information on the articles mentioned. Have a wonderful week.